Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything. So, have you been trying extra hard to, you know, get better at the game while not playing it? Like any game? <laughs> uh, I have, but video games. So I was just playing some uh, League of Legends, uh, and... I realized I hadn't played for a while and I was terrible. And I was like, man, if I really want to get good at this, I should probably practice more. At the same uh, time, that doesn't sound like fun, so I didn't do that. No, oh, okay. So, so getting better at the game might not always be the funnest thing. Uh, definitely. Oh, that was supposed to be my conclusion. Darn it. <laughs> Damn it. Well, the problem I, is I, I just live my conclusion, live my life the way that, you know, I live to my, my, by my principles. So, mm -hmm. In any case, that's not the same for all games. There are certain games that I do want to actually get better at. Like and miniature better games. You, and getting better you actually think is kind of fun. Uh, it can be. Mm -hmm. So today, uh, our topic is going to be practicing your games and getting better. So train up. Yep. So I think you went through the most obvious way of getting better is just playing more. Because like, oh, I took a break from this thing. Like, if you don't play on a regular basis, you get rusty. That's just what it comes down to. Yeah. So I think one of the ways of just getting better, maybe you don't play a huge number of hours, but if you play consistently, I find that, like, you don't start, you don't lose things. It's just like playing sports, doing anything, really. That if you're... If you want to get better at something, you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and it is the kind of thing, like, a lot of the games that we play, right, we're, we're talking specifically about miniature games, just so you know, to get everyone on board, um, not video games. Oh, actually, video games can, but, like, the thing with miniature games is they're very complicated games, right? Anytime you pick up even the most simple game, like our game is supposed to be as simple, dead simple as possible, but there's tons of thought and thinking and strategy and stuff to, to go into it, and even the rules for it, right? Yeah, there's just tactical it, ways to move your guys around the board that are more likely to win. Yeah. And, just, and knowing how to even do trades, even if you only have guys that have three wounds on them. Mm -hmm. and just even remembering like the dead simple rules that we set up for our game right like three wounds and like the simplest moving and all that kind of stuff it still has more rules than uh i don't know like a lot of the games people play right like we think about it's it's our game like the simplest miniatures game is more complicated than most of the card games but with a normal deck that you would play right yeah yeah, card games, you're often just reading the other person. It's more like a card games revolve a lot, good card games, I think, revolve a lot around bluffing your opponent. And mm -hmm. then for some reason, miniatures, bluffing is somehow more frowned upon. I love bluff, bluffing in games. I, I, love, I love trying to insert it into games, into miniatures games, because I, I also love card games, right? So yeah, Especially when it's built into the mechanics of the game. And then it's more, it's more completely mm -hmm. accepted when they're like the mechanic of bluffing about what you've really got in a game is an interesting one, so. Yeah, but back to uh, just training, like we could go on more about bluffing and all that kind of <laughs> intersection, but when you're talking about training, the, the, my point was our games are complicated enough that if you don't keep on playing the game or you don't play it regularly, you can even just forget the rules, let alone the strategy. You forget the rules and you know, our game is simple, but like you said, the you have the straight rules, but there's almost like a secondary layer of, of not, not exactly rules, but like basic strategies 
that you have to know inside and out to even get a game in, right? Yeah, so like the first part of the like rules, like most games, like miniature games, have the rules divided between the core rules for sort of how you move, how you attack, and how mm-hmm. you expend action points in whatever yep. form they come in. And then the action, then more rules that come with the like each character and their equipment, their abilities, and all that. Mm-hmm. So beyond just like reading the rule book, you've got all of your units to learn, and then mm-hmm. possibly all the things you don't own to learn. Yeah, all so of the, the special rules, you could say, right? That's a big thing in miniatures games where units will have special rules and they're not necessarily the core rules of the game. Yep, and, the, and like how you access those it used to be more difficult when there was almost no online resources, but now with more online resources, it's much easier to read those. But sometimes like if you've got games with codexes, you've got games where oh you've God. got to like, purchase like, cards. 40,000 where their entire business model is predicated on releasing new codexes for new armies with brand new rules that are slightly better than the previous codexes. Yeah, and then previous editions of War Machine Malifaux, where the rules for all the characters were only on their cards. Mm-hmm. So you would have to somehow acquire those cards or just like read through your opponent's things on a regular basis if you were going to yes. know them beforehand. So yeah, the so access to the information is a whole thing to learn. Yeah, and so just playing helps get over that because as you play, you discover the rules, right? And it keeps it fresh in your mind so you don't have to constantly be looking at all of the source material with all the different rules, right? It's very hard to play a game if you're constantly looking up how to play the game, right? Your mind is on, oh, how do you play it as opposed to playing the game? So... Definitely, I think number one is getting regular games in. Uh, As regular as you can get, right? Like, obviously, if you're playing it once a year, there's only a certain level of scale you're going to get. But at the same time, if you're playing once a year, does it really even matter how good you are at the game? Yeah, I think the more fun way to learn the rules is to actually see them happening rather than, like, going out and just reading them for the sake of reading. Yep. But... I would say there's probably a more fun way to make reading the rules interesting that I've found trying to build army lists for things that maybe you don't own. Oh, wait, so this is, this is where, where, just, just to be clear, we're over now the idea of playing regularly. That one should be a given. And now we're on to a new idea. Yeah, because that gets you learning how to, like, okay. gets you your tactics wait, down. Before you go on to more ideas, I do feel like we, met, we kind of skipped one topic, and that is why should you practice this game? Why should you be training? Why? Oh, because usually just seeing like how the game, it's more interesting when you have more like nuanced plans. You aren't just like taking a hammer and smashing it against mm. everything you see. If you really don't understand the nuance of the games, you're basically just kind of like playing a surface level game. And oftentimes the deeper levels of the game that you can only get through being decent at the game are much more fun and interesting and involved, right? They, they poke at the little parts of your brain or they, they, they make the parts of your brain fire that makes you uh, excited to discover and learn and get you on edge as you try and, you know, come out victorious. Like it's just yep. more, oftentimes the, the, the deeper strategies are more fun. Yeah, usually. All right, so, that's fair. Another reason, I think the biggest reason technically is because you want to win. 
Who doesn't yeah, love yeah. winning? It's fun to win. Winning. You're like, oh. yeah, so be better, win more. And then you can like, you know, crush your friends and make fun of them when you're drinking beers afterwards. That's fun. And here's the thing. When you're good at the game, you don't have to win. No, because if you play well, you can just be proud you played well. You can't be like, oh, I suck. I screwed all this up. You're like, well, you know, I did I killed some cool plans. Oh, I just mean like, it's not just about winning. It's like part of it is you could win, but then you don't have to always go your hardest just because you could, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people are like, well, you shouldn't try too hard to win because, you know, it's all about the spirit of the game, which I agree with in some ways. But at the same time, just because you're good at the game, you shouldn't feel ashamed about being good at the game. And just because you're good at the game doesn't mean you can't play people who are not as good. You just have to play down to them, right? You shouldn't feel sad about playing not to your best, right? Although maybe they'll get upset, but like that's, that's their problem, man. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah, if you're not good at the game, drink a couple beers before you go to the game store and then go play. Then you're more, then, then it's fine, right? Or just play at your own place. And then... Oh, yeah, that's true. Actually, that's a good point. If you're really good at a game, then it's not as a big deal if you drink. Because as you're stupider, it can balance out your skill level. So, you know, that's another reason why you want to be good at the game. It's like you're testing your natural reflexes. And then if you play without thinking as much, you're like, oh, what's my natural inclination? And then if it doesn't turn out so well, you can sort of modify it. Yeah. What your inclination is. That's true. No, way better. All right. So, yeah, I just wanted to go through that to give people incentives and the reasons why it's good to practice and stuff. Besides the yeah, obvious. Just beyond knowing the rules, like knowing how the tactical play works, like knowing how yeah. the rules so, yeah. play out on the board, you'll yeah, get that definitely. through so playing, not reading. Deeper, you can have a wider range of gameplay, and that can be a lot more fun, especially depending on the games and especially the kind of games we play because miniature games are meant to be super complicated, and that's what people like. So by being better at the game, the more complicated and the more deep you can dive. And then you can also win. And then there's all other reasons that, that we can talk about. Oh, yeah, we talked about being able to drink beer as well. And then not being as big of a deal, being crappier, because you're still pretty good. Because you've been training so much. All right. Anyways, back to different ways that you can uh, train to practice to get better. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about learning the rules by just literally reading them. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of boring. I don't usually do that unless I'm thinking about some sort oh, of situation. Oh, well, we kind of glossed over that. But that is honestly a, a good way to, to, to learn. Like, especially if you don't play that much. Mm-hmm. I just Before we say that this is not as good, we should say, actually, it's pretty good. Like, a lot of Some, people... Someone's got to do it. You can't, someone's got to read At least one person has to read the rules. Yes. <laughs> so that they know what the actual rules are. And actually, for certain people, this is really fun, right? Like for me, I actually like reading rules and discovering new rules and kind of looking at the different uh, aspects and then mulling them over, right? Mm-hmm. That's an enjoyable thing to me. And I know that's not for everyone, but if you're that person, you know, don't, you don't, you just read the actual rule book and, and look at all the different things and, and, you know, kind of play around um, in your head, playing out kind of, what does this scenario mean? What is... This, along with reading the rules, what I find it goes hand in hand with is uh, understanding the design of the game. And when you understand the design of the game, the ways that you play the game oftentimes becomes more apparent. And because of that, you'll see when like certain rules kind of just pop out at you. They're like, okay, so this is, 
if you understand the design, the general design of the game by reading the rules and seeing all the different things and how they interact, it, it helps you see what abilities or, or what, what rules are meant to do, right? Is it, so I, does that make sense? Like, like if you see in the context of the entire rules, what does, what is, uh, let's say if you're in War Machine, what does Pathfinder supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. So, and if you look at all the terrain rules, what, what does this mean? What does this, and it kind of helps you, like, like reading the rules kind of helps uh, give you new ideas. It's like, and it, oftentimes it's not just reading the rules, it's like reading the rules of the, the cards, right? Of, of the miniatures, right? The special rules for the miniatures. If you read the rules, sometimes just reading them will help you think about and discover you know, ideas about how to use those, those things. Instead of, if you never read the rules and you never look at those things, then whenever you're actually playing in the heat of battle, you won't even know your options, right? Because you're always trying to rush to, to solve whatever problems on the battlefield. You won't necessarily even know what your actual tools are. And you'll, you, you might constantly gloss over an ability, right? And especially these abilities that are diamonds in a rough that are like at the very bottom that seem small maybe they are small but you won't know when they're usable if you haven't actually read the rules and thought about it yep pretty much all right so on the other hand that might be very boring and then and what would you do if that's boring to you so i don't know i found find one way that encourages reading the rules more is like think of certain situations Uh and like what your options are in that situation Mm -hmm. and then encourages you to go to like all the sources of the rules and figure out what applies to that situation and so, how you can use it. It's like you're trying to solve a problem that way. Mm, you so if you're thinking, instead of looking at the rules and trying to get that to make you think about how to use them, it's almost the opposite where you're thinking, Oh, this happened to me in my previous game. Let's say I got flanked by these units that were super fast and I just couldn't, I, I couldn't stop them from hitting me on the side and, and taking that flank. Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking, okay, so now what, do, what, I, I need to go back to the rules and I've got to study and figure out how I w- how I would solve that problem. Right. Yeah. That the kind of thinking you're thinking about. Yeah. Things like that. Well, rules let you react to things moving like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just so, ways you can hide your reaction ways. You can like slow them down other things like that. And you might reflect on your, the army you brought, but then you also might look into like le- so you might reflect on the, the units you brought and read their entire thing and say, oh, what in these things could have helped solve that problem of getting flanked from the side? Or you might read the rules on those things like the bikes or the, the riders that were attacking you and see why they were able to move that fast and what their weaknesses are from that extra ability. Mm. And it kind Just of helps you. How... So it gives you incentive to study because it's like directly applied to a, a game that if you had known that, maybe you could have won that game. Yep. Like maybe you had something you could do in one part of that situation, but you didn't realize it. Okay. You didn't realize yeah, I think, I think the rules were, were going on. Good incentive. Although sometimes when I do that, I feel... <laughs> sometimes when I do that, I, I actually feel a little bit of bitterness because I only mm-hmm. really look at that and I'm like, I should have lost to that. What the heck? And then yeah. I, I look deeper and I'm like, oh, no, that, that thing can't be so powerful, right? That doesn't make sense. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sometimes your incentive to get better has to come from the, the wrong place, from a bad place. 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> From losing. Yeah. Revenge, man. Revenge is a good. Uh, it's a good incentive. Mm-hmm. As long, it's better to just to like get revenge by beating them. On, yeah, you let them on the game. You let them try it again. You're like, oh, that works so well the first time, and then secretly you've you've shown up at the counter for it. Yeah, or or you know exactly how to dismantle it. Yeah, feels mm-hmm. good, man. You're not telling them you figured it out. You're just like, oh no, it's so good. You better not do that again. <laughs> and then you learn psych- psychological warfare, which honestly is an important part, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't have to be an important part, but like the psych- it's not warfare. The psychological part of the game is an important part of the game. Even just controlling your emotions and controlling how you... It's like part of the bluffing, right? Mm-hmm. It's so, like, no, my, my army's doing fine. I don't, you've only wiped out two-thirds of it. What's the, what's the problem? <laughs> I don't see a problem here. That wasn't part of my plan to have my army. Oh, that was, I mean, that was totally part of my plan to wipe out two thirds of my army. Now you, yeah. you fall into my trap. Saka clutched all their souls. Yeah, you better, you better, you better run away. You get too close. It's going to be too dangerous and I'll crush you. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think that's, that's good ways to think about it, to kind of incentivize you. Um, and we did talk about things you can do basically in between games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think one other, the obvious next part of that is often like just asking other people for their input into what you're doing. Yeah, that, that's like another thing. A an lot extension of, of just looking back at what you've done. And mm-hmm. like them winning themselves that they refuse to ask for external help, mm-hmm. right? They almost feel like, in the same way, like of net decking. They're like, "Oh well, if I if I had to ask for help, I didn't earn the win." Well, I don't know. To me, that's that's silly because it's just speeding up your ability to learn the ways you want you can play to win. Yeah, and like it's your knowledge thing. now. It's up to you. Once you've got it. Right? Yep. It's your knowledge now. Once you've got it. Yep. You don't have to have like started from scratch to acquire all of it. You don't, you don't have to go brew the beer you're drinking from scratch. So you don't, don't necessarily have to go and come up with the army strategy for every yep. last bit of your army yourself. And, and the thing is, you don't have to do everything the person says. So it's up to you to keep or, or, or throw away any advice you get. Sometimes they'll just give bad advice, right? Yeah. Sometimes you just get bad advice. And if you're going to implement it, like, you, to be able to know what advice to keep and to throw away, especially with uh, yourself, is an important skill, right? Like, yeah. even if the advice is not by itself bad, it might be bad for you because of the way that you play, your mm-hmm. skills, your, your strengths and your weaknesses as a player, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you, there, you should be able to take in uh, input and use the skill of you know discerning what's useful, right? That in and of itself is an important skill that you should feel proud about. Also, this is like useful for everything in life. Like this is not just learning about how to play a game. <laughs> I, you should feel like yeah, yeah. All right, so like um, asking advice is something I feel like a lot of people, including myself, don't don't do enough. Um, I, I think the whole thing of going out for like beers and drinks afterwards encourages it or just hanging out 
mm. as opposed to just showing up playing be like okay gotta run yeah that's yeah. true and then talking about the games after you play yeah because so don't just play the game go afterwards it's not, it, talk about it think about it yeah because you really find it fun you'll find it fun talking about it because as you said like the giving and getting advice is not necessarily always that easy. So if you've got to try and like go through your entire player, your entire strategy and why their advice might not work for you, it's not going to work in like two minutes while you're just walking out the door. Yeah. Especially when the sting of the loss is, is extra sharp. Yeah. So it's good to like, and it's even better to have more people around too. Like, okay. Yeah. So it's not as just the, your opponent telling you how they, why and how they spanked you and why they were so much worse than them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All your friends can laugh at you too. <laughs> yeah. Over beers though, to help, you know, help, help cool down and, and, and yeah, the sting, and not as harsh. Yeah. So I think, I think definitely going afterwards, drinking a couple beers, thinking about it is the most enjoyable way. Of course, if you want to train super hard, I don't know why you would want to train super hard, but, uh, then you just go play another game, just rack up again and do it again. Well, but here's the other thing is that just racking up and doing it again is good, is definitely good, right? For just getting in repetitions, right? But you still yeah. need to analyze it. Otherwise, you know, there's that saying like you can do, you can be like, you can do 10 years of training or you can do one year of training 10 times. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't think about how you played and you just rack up again and you play again and again, you might just make the same mistake every single time if you're not thinking about it. And of course, if you play it all the time, you're going to get better because just naturally your brain will kind of figure things out and start doing it. But you need that like balance where you actually have some analysis, spend the five minutes or whatever in between just talking about it. And if you don't want to go super in depth, just be like, what are the, you know, the two or three things that you did that were the worst, that, that, that hurt you the most, and what are the two or three things that you did well, right? Because it's not just about eliminating your mistakes. It's about capitalizing on your strengths, right? Like if you never, if you only eliminate mistakes, I guess eventually you'll get to a point where you don't make mistakes. But at the same time, knowing what you're doing well is, or, or what had big swings or what were the important actions matters a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Because, if you have a whole collection of good strategies to use. Yeah, exactly. Then you have, strategies you have tools might be to go okay, to. or they might be really good, right? So if you made an okay strategy, uh, you need to compare it to your really good, the times you made really good moves. So you know which ones are the most impactful, right? And which, which, like, which ones were just, like which, which actions or which moves had the biggest impact in the game, right? Both successfully and unsuccessfully. And those things are, are the most important, right? You can make a lot of small errors on the small tasks that, you know, it might be, a, you might, might have been unoptimal, but if it, if all it did was like, I don't know, let's say you have a guy that with 10 life and they lost one life, right? Or lost two life instead of one life, right? It's not huge, but if you made another time, you made a mistake where he lost he died. Both of those were mistakes. Both of those were some optimal, but you should be concentrating on the one where you lost, where the guy died. Right. Yeah. To see, to see what that situation was and what, 
what you might either missed or miscalculated. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's not just about eliminating all mistakes. It's also prioritizing or figuring out what were the biggest mistakes and what were the biggest successes, you know? And then when you think about your successes, it can help dull, you know, it's like compliment sandwich thing where, where it, it can help dull the mistakes and also still help you get better, right? Knowing when you did it really well. Yeah. All right. Um, one thing I did want to mention is uh, that, that helps a lot um, is uh, just when we're talking about when you're playing, right? Obviously, we said at the very beginning, play more games, right? The more games you play, the better. One thing, though, that often hurts people, and I think it hurt us a lot, is that uh, we spent so much time thinking about our moves in the game and not enough time playing them out. Now, again, we, like, like I said before, this is kind of a balance, but in general, if you're an analytical kind of person, like your problem is almost always you're taking too long to think about it and not playing enough. Like, yeah. <clears throat> your games... Okay, so if you look at most of these games on, on the tin, they'll have a, a suggested play time, right? If you're always going over that play time, you're thinking too much about the game. And of course you have to think about the game to like figure out what is good and bad, like we mentioned, right? But the thing is, if you spend twice as long as someone else playing your game, even if you thought about it really well all the way through the game, you probably, you, you're, you imagined, like another person would have played two games with your one game. And your one game, you imagined a lot more game, right? Because you imagined a lot of scenarios, but you didn't actually play them out. You didn't play them out. And there's nothing like actually playing it out mm -hmm. to actually solidify what your decisions were. Right, what, yeah, and, was good and to know if you really, and it really helps, like to know if you accounted for everything that was going on. Yeah, you don't, you don't know if you accounted for everything unless you actually execute. Yeah. Your imagination was wrong, then <laughs> then you imagined a lot of games that are nothing like how the actual game plays out. Whereas two games where you actually played it out might be way better in figuring things out. And I think we mentioned before we used to play with a, a guy Ay, um, who. He basically, how he got, really, he was the best player in our, in our store by far. And how he got that good was he just played a ton of games. And he, he would be like, in one, yeah, in one night, like everyone else would play one, maybe two games. He would play like three or four, right? He would like play it super fast, right? And mm -hmm. he'd also play for longer hours, right? But like just by, by saying, you know what? I'll figure it out by playing more games, right? And like, of course he thinks about the, the different strategies, but instead of like humming and hawing and thinking about all the little minutia, he's like, well, if I play this same strategy, right? I, I made this decision. And if, it, if I run into this, this situation five or six times, then just by seeing how the game played out, I will intuitively know what's the right decision as opposed to spending like twice as long just thinking about it, making a, like thinking about the scenarios and deducing what is a better decision. Maybe you're wrong. In which case, like if you only have like, yeah, if you only have one or, or you have a much less data set about the results of playing it one way or another, you are liable to make a lot of mistakes in your thinking and that will just translate to not being as good in the game. I think one of the biggest issues actually with a lot of people 
um, learning and how to, how to play is that they have a lot of, everyone has a lot of baggage, like a lot of um, ideas about the game or, or anything, any topic. Yeah, preconceptions about how the game should play. Yes. Which may or not really work into how the, like how the strategies really work on the board. Exactly. So like, like they're accounting for maybe two or three rules, but then maybe there's some other like abilities out there. They can maybe, what they're doing really well. And they just, they're not thinking about those ones. Maybe they just didn't think through how the, even the one or two rules that they think about or two or three rules they think about, maybe they haven't thought fully through how they actually work on the table. Right. Even regardless of all the other things. Right. And the more games you play, the more you actually see how it plays, the more, the, the less likely your preconceived notions that are wrong are able to survive, right? Yep. So, yeah, play more games and play shorter games. Like, there's, like I said, tried, when I look at it, I think if you want to get good at the game, you probably want to play a lot of games. You probably want to play someone else who also wants to play this decently quickly. And if, you, if you're playing a game, you probably want to play it under the, the suggested amount of time. Right, so you can get more games in. Right, so let's say, I don't know, you're playing 40k. If you can play your games, you don't want to play it in an hour because likely, if it's just an hour, that probably means you didn't even think through all your decisions. You didn't. No, even just rolling rolling the dice can take that long in that game. So that's that's obviously yeah. going below it and just yeah, moving so your you models. To get to the point, yeah. So you want to get to the point where you're thinking about the decisions, but you're not like mulling over a lot about the decision. So you understand each of these decision points, but you're not like trying to think through, like you're not playing out all the decisions in your head, right? And, and again, this is when you're training, right? So, um, I don't know, if it's like 40K, if you can play your games within an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes, with you're probably fast enough that maybe you can play two games where normally you could only play one, right? And in that case, you have twice as many situations that you come into that you might not even see in it if you only played it once, right? That's another thing. If you only play one game, you only saw the situations that came up in that one game. And you only play with that one army. You're like, oh, well, maybe this works better. Maybe that works better. If you're playing more games, you can you yeah. put that different army on the board or that different unit swapped in. It's, yeah, it's not even even with the same army. There's a certain situations, the board state and whatever. You only came in. You only saw one game's worth of board state. Mm-hmm. You have yeah, two games how, and how you deploy. Like certain armies. games really depend on how you deploy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How you deploy, how the dice go, how all these things happen, right? Like you get into so many more situations. And one of the things, especially with these war games, there's so many, like it's so open, right? Because the, the entire reason why war games are so fun or part of the big reason is there's a lot of different vectors, right? The movement on the table because it's free movement. There's, it's the situations on the board are like infinite, right? Not, not measured, like not, well, technically infinite, but like actually it's not technically, it's, not infinite, right? In terms of impact, but beyond whatever you can map out. Yeah. But yeah. So just, if you play two games, you see a lot more situations and that even opens up your mind onto how am I going to deal with this many situations? So when it comes to the game, the next game that you want to play, you have more practice on way more kind of game states than the, than another person who spent like 
who only played half as many games, right? Even if they thought more thoroughly through each of those games. Yeah, so just back to ways about learning more of the rules. Uh -huh. the, I think where we started was talking about the fact that there's all the main rules of the game, which everybody has access to. Uh -huh. But then there's the other rules for your, say, your opponent's armies that you wouldn't read quite as much. I mean, you'll see them on the other side of the table. But I don't tend to like just going and reading, just reading through the whole list of my opponent's stuff. Yeah. But I find that it becomes more interesting to do if you, say, like challenge yourself to build an army for, or build a list for an army you don't play. So you're forced to, like, you, you're basically creating a problem for yourself. Oh, okay. What is the best way to combine these things? Then you it becomes more interesting. You've got a reason to go and look yeah. into all the abilities to see how they function together as your opponent's army. Yeah, basically, part of the fun of the game of, of wargaming is list building. So if you want to learn your opponent's army, play the game of list building with their army. It's mm -hmm. basically what I, I feel like is what you're saying, right? Go and be like, okay, I'm going to play Admech. Right? I can read the rules and see what other people's lists, lists do. It's kind of boring. But what happens if I were wanted to build a list of AdMech? Right? Yeah, what are we? Mm -hmm. then, well, I think it would be cool. Yeah, then I go look at the rules and see how they are, and you kind of put yourself into the, your opponent's shoots. Mm -hmm. And you get to build a list, which is fun. Like, even if you're not actually following through, it can be fun to go and through, do that exercise. I don't know why I'm using all these 40K references, considering... I think it's because most people don't play 40k anymore, and I haven't played it a lot in the past couple of years. It's just like calling facial tissue Kleenex. They're the, they're the Sorry, brand. it's just like calling facial tissue Kleenex. People are just going to understand it. It's the biggest <laughs> yes. brand. I guess. Admech, by the way, if you don't play 40k, if you haven't played 40k in the last yeah. eight years. Yeah, it's it's an. I guess that's relatively new, army, mm -hmm. a faction, uh, in Warhammer 40,000. All right. So that's another way of like just encouraging yourself to learn the rules. And I guess the most extreme way, but the most effective way of learning more of the rules for stuff that's outside of your, your armies is just to buy more armies. Because then, then it's yours. And literally no, you own that's it. Like, that's a terrible incentive. I think that's the opposite. I, I would say I disagree. And that's my next point is that my, one of my points was the opposite of that, instead of buying another army, keep the army that you have and stick with it. Okay. The reason why is because a lot of people, like we talked about a lot, people like to jump around, right? Right. That We all have like, I don't know, shiny model syndrome or whatever, shiny toy syndrome, right? We're always rushing, you know, all this new cool stuff is coming out. You want to try the new thing, you want to have the new hotness, and especially if you don't play that many games, uh, you're constantly bringing something new on the table. And that's Honestly, that is part of the fun of the game, right? Or of the hobby. But the problem is, if you're constantly switching your armies and models, you, you're, you are learning uh, a, a lot, but it's a, it's a breadth. Any one thing in your army, you don't have depth because you, don't, you haven't really played it a lot. You haven't seen, like, like, like we said before, you haven't seen all the different situations that this model uh, will get into, right? So you know the wording of the rules, but how it actually plays out on the table. Yes, you don't you have enough know. practice on. Mm -hmm. So I would say but, if you want to get good, you should actually stick with one army and, and 
err on the side of not changing it. Mm-hmm. So if you if you really really want to change it, of course, do it. Like the entire point is, you know, have fun. But or or maybe it's just a better model, right? You you still want to have some sort of change. But I feel like in general, people have the problem of changing too fast and switching their armies too much and not putting in the time to get good at it. And not even like if you have a model, even if it's just about winning, a lot of people would be like constantly switching models to see which one is good, but they don't necessarily give any one model uh, or any one unit enough time to truly understand its strengths and weaknesses. And so you might then constantly be switching, trying to find uh, the best units, but uh, you might skip over some really good units because you didn't, you didn't, you didn't stick with it long enough to see the good and bad parts, right? Maybe you keep on getting caught with the one weakness of the unit. You think, oh, this unit is crap. But actually, it's just that you keep on getting caught. Maybe you got caught twice. And you're like, well, if you knew the two weaknesses of the unit and you kept on going with it, maybe you'd mm-hmm. learn that actually, besides those two times where it got caught and destroyed, this unit is amazing, right? As long as you keep it over those two situations. Yeah, exactly, right? So this is the fun. kind of thing where you got to stick with the, the units to see, or to see whether they're actually like, what are the strengths and weaknesses? And even if a unit is overall not necessarily super strong, um, it might be the right unit for your army composition. Because of course, like the best armies are greater than the sum of their parts. And sometimes you don't just want, like the best army is used, well, is often not the unit, the army that has all the best units, but has, a bunch of good units, but that they, the entire army synergizes, synergizes with itself to become greater than any piece. In which yeah, case... The, the, yeah. Like pound for pound, like best fighter in one army might be better than the pound for pound best fighter in the other army. Yeah. But if you have certain units that work really, really well together or combo off well, yeah. either the combo power of the army is just stronger than the sheer brute force of the other army. Yeah, or cover up for the weaknesses of certain army, uh, certain units. Like, I guess the idea is if you take all, all units that are super powerful in close combat, right? That on paper, you're like, well, all these units are super good in close combat, right? They're the best units in close combat. You might just get destroyed if you face anyone that can just avoid the close combat and shoot you to death with ranged combat, right? Of course, that's a super simplified thing, but that kind of idea goes across the entire games, right? And of course, it's not just... Uh, miniature games Uh, like this is very obvious I guess and prevalent in like card games right like collectible card games because it's all about I I guess unit composition and a card game would be cards right so this is the same kind of advice that goes through it right where you know card games are often significantly more about your army building oh yeah than about tactics because the tactics aren't quite as they're not as deep yeah doesn't need the whole like 2d or 3d yeah it's obviously can be very deep but generally the on-table tactics are not as deep because you only have like whatever five seven cards and ten things on the table all right anyways um all right so we talked a lot about things you want to do we what about the things we you don't want to do so let's say what are the things you need to remove Mm -hmm. yep so I think we kind of touched on it earlier is just giving up on something too quickly. Like you said, if you just start mm-hmm. trying to like buy everything and try everything, 
uh-huh. may not give something a chance or you look at it on paper yeah. and it looks like trash on paper. Mm-hmm. It may in fact have some niche use that you haven't considered. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it can find its way in there. But a lot of things that if they're on trash on paper, it usually just helps to ask other people if they've used it more. Is this thing actually trash? But sometimes it just takes playing it for a while. So don't reject things too quickly always. Yep. And then I guess we also did say that like, don't get too uh, wrapped up in your emotional responses to advice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, don't don't get you know just just let 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 the things go right. Remember that like every game you play is a training. Not even if not you don't all win. advice may work for you. It may work for the other person, but the advice might not work for you. Yeah, and don't feel too bad about losing. Right, everything is a training. Uh, even the games you lose, it, they're all training to make you better, right? Mm-hmm. All right. And I guess um, the last thing that I wanted to mention to wrap things up, the things you shouldn't do, is you shouldn't lose sight of the fact that this is a hobby and it's meant to be fun. So, of course, it's great to win. Of course, it's great to get better. And, of course, it's, it's great to make fun of your friends when you crush them. But, but remember, this, this entire hobby is predicated on having fun. This is a hobby. This is not, we're not doing this for money. I don't think anyone plays miniature games for money. Uh, so the winning, it's in the name of having fun. And yeah, winning is, is only a small way. You would say it's, it's, it's one of the lesser ways to really enjoy uh, the game. Yeah, the goal number one of putting your army on the table shouldn't be winning. It's just, you know, have a good time, which may mean like yeah. challenging your opponent and challenging yourself. Yeah. But doesn't like the challenging part doesn't necessarily mean like crushing them into the dust. Yeah. And so if you're not good, you shouldn't feel too bad as long as you're having fun. And oftentimes it doesn't even really matter if you're the, let's, let's say the worst person, the worst player, right? As long as, you know, you can put up enough of a fight that you had a fun game, right? And you win occasionally. Yeah. I, feel, I, I feel like, of course, there's limits. You don't want to be the person that always loses. That's a little bit too much. But as long, it also saps the excitement of the game. If the person, even the person that's going to win, if they know they're definitely going to win. So, yeah, you know, so. it's good to train up. But remember, you know, you don't have to be the best. Don't get so stressed out. Just relax, play the game, have fun. Yeah, so now that we've been stuck in quarantine, I'm like, yeah, I really do want to get that army on the board. All those, all those theories I've come up with oh, yeah? would actually be crap. But, you know, the army exists. It just has only been played once. Yeah, I just want to play more games because I, I haven't. And I've been, like, playing too many video games because I've been suffering from withdrawal. From all gaming. Yeah. Some sort of gaming. All right. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on uh, winning uh, or practicing how to get better, or you want to, you know, challenge us to games and show how how good you are, and with all the practice you've got in quarantine, uh, come uh, give us a shout on uh, Facebook, or you know, send us a, any information anywhere. Yeah, we'd like to hear from you. Okay. Uh, this has been Alan. Yeah, it's been Brendan. All right, one more thing. 
So if you enjoyed that podcast and want to listen to more, you can find them over at DiceOverEverything.com or uh, on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to leave a comment, message, or ideas for like more podcasts from yeah, us. Or just get in touch with us. At Facebook and look for Dice Over Everything there. All right. Bye.